Hey, hey, everyone. It's your boy, SJ Beats, here with... Yours truly, Miss Proper. What's going on, boys and girls and gender nonconformers? Yes, we are coming to you live from the comfort of our own homes. My, my, my. Oh, it's been a week. Miss Proper, since the last episode, what has been going on with you, girlfriend? Oh, not a damn thing besides the <laughs> fact of... <laughs> Nothing besides being in the house. Well, actually, I did go to work like twice. And don't worry, y'all. Okay. I just kept my distance from people. You know, I had to get things organized and ready for when we do reopen, you know, when that ever happens. But, yeah, nothing too crazy. Ooh, I watched Sela uh, in the Space. Is that mm-hmm. that you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, it I was, have. It was, Is it on Amazon or Hulu? One of it's on things. Amazon. It, was, yeah. it wasn't good, but that's another topic for another day. Aww. So. I know, right? I got to talk about things I watched because, I mean, we can't go out nowhere. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. Georgia reopened. Um, uh, I ain't getting a stimulus check yet. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> weird because when life is not moving, you really don't have, like, a ton to be like, oh, I did this. What I, I got up. I went to my couch. I went and brushed my teeth. And, yeah, oh, today's wash day for me. So that's another thing. All right. Let me get to you, girl, because I feel like your weekend was – your weekend, your week was so good, so please, take it away. <laughs> yes, um, this week was very interesting. Um, I had so many things that I wanted to do as far as, like, academically. But, you know, when something's, like, really big happening to me, i.e. my 25th birthday, child, I have put everything to the side and didn't do anything for the most part. Like, I've, I've, I've tried to write as much as I could, but I was just so distracted. I was like, ooh, I'm turning 25, turning 25. So I was, like, all caught up in, like, the glam of that rather than academic. So that's why I was struggling Sunday and Monday, writing all damn day. Um, but the week has been really good. Um, I did a, a live, which you were there. Thank you so much for your presence mm-hmm. um, yeah. on on the camera and in the comments, child. You were definitely holding it down as my cousin for sure. Um, what else? Um, everybody kind of turned out. Um, and showed up for me. I, I really love it. I really appreciate it. If you all are listening, those of you who joined the live or who wanted to but weren't able to, you know, that y'all really made me feel special. And it was a way to bring in 25. And it's so weird saying I'm 25 now, but it's okay. It's fine. I'm 25, you know, five years and 30. You know, it's cool. But um, yeah, I had, I had a great week. I really honestly cannot complain. I agree. I mean, you're 25 years old. How many people can say, you know, they quarantine for their 25th birthday? Probably a lot of people, <laughs> but in prisoners, obviously. Yes. There are a lot of prisoners uh-huh. that turn 25, and that's, yes. that's the ultimate quarantine. But, Honestly. yes, it, it was a very good time. I mean, for those of you who did not tune into the live, SJB is 25 now, okay? A whole birthday. It was amazing. Oof. It was so much fun. Whole quarter of the century. <laughs> I know. I know, right? We had to start the, start this episode off on a super light note because uh, we're coming in at you heavy with a very heavy topic, and today we're going to be talking about loss, which I guess couldn't have come at like a, a, an interesting time, seeing how mm-hmm. we're all experiencing the COVID-19 mm-hmm. and all the people that have passed away from that, and even before, like we've really gotten hit to COVID-19 when we had Kobe Bryant pass away. And then recently, Miss Minnie from Little Women Atlanta. Oh, I love that show. And I couldn't oh, believe when I woke up. And I was like, 
I know, right? I couldn't believe when I, like, woke up because I surfed the Daily Mail, you know, trash tabloid. Mm-hmm. And it said, Miss Nanny, Miss Nanny then passed away. And I was like, no, I didn't call my husband in here. I was like, babe, Miss Nanny is gone. Like, I couldn't believe. Like, she was one of my favorite characters. On, not characters, oh, characters, too. but she, cause she wasn't a character. Right. She was just yeah. Like, yeah, like her and Miss Juicy and just her always being in the midst of everybody's issues. But it's like <laughs> she, she was. was. <laughs> right, like I just love that. Like you could expect Minnie to be there, whether she's comforting someone or mm-hmm. confronting mm-hmm. someone or like yeah. being confronted, you know. So right. I really enjoyed watching her on that show. And I mean, I was just a, a viewer. I can't imagine yeah. what her family is experiencing, especially when they didn't expect for this to happen. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm not the only one that thought this. When 2020 was, when it was about to arrive and come, mm-hmm. everybody's like, 2020, that's going to be our year. You know, it's right. the even year. It's going to be popping. It's 2020. 2020 can go. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it at this point. <laughs> okay, 2020 has been a savage it's been vicious it's been i know some i've seen i think you posted one picture where you were like you know i'm not giving up on 2020 okay but i'm i'm, I'm giving up i'm <laughs> i'm over it there's so much it's been too much death and loss in this year like i'm i think i'm over even years at this point mm-hmm. until 2022 mm-hmm. come around because 22 is my favorite number but I anyways okay i digress because i know right but hopefully you know it's not a a repeat of 2020 god don't let it be uh. Gosh, but, I can't handle that. I know, I know. I'm, I'm. I said that we're gonna be serious. It's hard for us to be serious, but this issue, loss, is it's unavoidable. It's something that we all have in common. It's something that we're completely sure of. Loss and taxes. I heard that on a song, and it couldn't be mm. more true. And if you guys have been tuning in since the first episode and just sticking with us, you've heard SJB and I both mention that we both experienced loss within the past year, and as I guess this is the time where we kind of let you in on that and just how we dealt with it or how it made us feel and just a bunch mm-hmm. of other things that come along with it. So <sighs> I talked a lot, SJB. I think they want to hear your voice and just kind of oh. the loss you experienced and what you dealt with. I wasn't ready. Um, ooh, child. Okay, so let's take y'all back in, our, in the time machine. Um 2019, June 27th, um, probably about 3 or 4 in the morning of my time. My phone just kept ringing off the hook, off the hook, off the hook. And I honestly, I, I think it was on a Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, because I was supposed to go out. Like, So I would have still been out. I think it was maybe 3 or 4 that, um, East Coast time, but it was like 1 or something my time. And I was supposed to be out. I was supposed to be having a good time. Blah, blah, blah. But something like was on my spirit, like truthfully, truthfully, Something was on my spirit not to go out. Like, I don't know what it was. It just, it, it made me stay home. Everybody else went out. I stayed home. So then um, that night I went to sleep, you know, I, I was good. Da, da, da. I received a call um, really, really early in the morning at the time that I would be at the club. And it was my uh, my father's girlfriend, Chantel, partner. Um, and she was just, like, really hysteric and really, like, upset and this and that, this and that. And I really couldn't make out anything she was saying, but I did know that something had happened. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm like, if she's acting like that, it's either, like, one of my siblings or it's my father. And it ended up being my father. And she was like, yeah, like, he's, he's, like, he's, he's not breathing. Like, they had already called the, the ambulance and the EMT and everything like that. Um, and I just was like, I stood up. I'm still in my room in complete pitch dark. And I was like, 
like this can't be happening. Like I'm just like I'm like this is this is like it was so absurd to me. Like I it was such I don't think anything has ever shocked me this bad in my life. To this day, I still feel like I have like PTSD because like anytime anybody calls me and I'm asleep and it's like three or four in the morning or odd time, I flash back to that moment. So um, maybe like a day or two later, I finally got down there. Uh, my mother helped me with all the arrangements and stuff like that, and then I got to actual. Um, Stony Creek, and my aunt picked me up, and from there, it was just like, we hit the ground running with, like, arrangements and stuff like that. I don't even think I was able to process what had actually happened yet, because I was so busy diving in, trying to get everything done, and there were all types of, like, fees and things. I knew nothing about funerals, first of all. Like, I watched them, and um, of course, I was speaking, um, talked to you a little bit about funerals and stuff like that, because uh, you venture in that world a lot, And but I, I, didn't, I don't think any could... Anything could ever prepare you for something this big, especially he didn't have a beneficiary. So it went to his eldest child. He was not married. So everything financially and, like, as far as logistics and everything, it fell on me. And I've never planned anything like this. So it's just like imagine being in shock and still kind of being numb, but also pushing through to plan something. You see everybody else around you falling apart. And I just feel like it was my calling to be that rock, me and my Aunt Pam, because I think we were kind of like – the strongest people throughout that process because we, we had no choice but to be because everybody else is so apart. And, um, yeah, so fast forward, uh, we got through the funeral. Miss um, Proper was there to support me. My mother was there to support me. My grandmother came to support me. They all did not have to, but they did. And I'm very grateful to this day that that is what it was. Um, fast forward to today, I think I'm getting through it. The first, like, couple of months when it happened, I, I still was like, okay, I don't believe that this is happened. I'm still, like, not processing it. But I think as days go by, I still, it, it hits me a little more that it's actually real and it actually happens. Like, my birthday happened. Usually he would call me no matter what situation we were in together. He would call me, you know, um, or he will leave a long voicemail. Like, that was just very much so his period. He would never forget the birthday at all. And I remember um, back in June, his birthday is June 8th, before he passed, I had called him a little late because I think I was celebrating Pride or something like that. He was like, man, I was waiting on your call all day. And something about when he said that, it, like, it hit me different. And then he ended up passing later on that day. Like, I feel like it was put on his spirit to say that to me, to make me feel some, like, type of way or some type of, like, I need to uh, make what we got going on better than what it is type of thing. And, um yeah, I don't know if 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 there's specific uh, I guess questions you want to ask me regarding that because I know I kind of it's a really long story but I try to condense it. But um, yeah, so this day I'm just still kind of like deal with things. I know um, when I first when I first got back here and life returned back to normal, I was very angry and I didn't really and I was misplacing my feelings and I had an attitude a lot. And I think that's maybe a part of the grieving process as I talk to other people that have lost people, but. Um, yeah, I'm still working through it. I went to therapy and stuff like that to kind of help because I, I honestly told myself, I said, I know that I like to, like, drink alcohol, like, casually or just when I'm out. And I said, I, one thing I don't want to happen is me to become dependent on anything because of this loss. So I think me focusing on that helped me to focus and, and bring things to full uh, light for me as far as I'm moving forward and processing this all in, like, in the most healthy, culpable way that I could. <sighs> So yeah, that's that's <laughs> long story short, that's that's what it is. Um I'm not sure if you have a question for me or if, if we can jump on to the next thing. But no, yeah, that's I mean I was just saying it's like it's just interesting when you're talking about loss because mm-hmm. you just you just wanna remain silent because you don't need exactly mm-hmm. know what to say. It's mm-hmm. the most interesting 
saddest thing that someone can experience. I mean, I'm not going to say that someone can experience. I mean, I feel like you can experience a lot of things, and it's up to your interpretation. But to me, that the saddest is, like, loss. And I thought Mm -hmm. it was interesting when you said, like, Mm -hmm. you had no experience planning a funeral. And if Mm -hmm. in previous episodes you talked about, like, your friend group and how you are the planner of things. Mm -hmm. And it's just like Mm – I know. I just, I really, that really like stuck out to me. Cause I was like, man, you always like pride yourself on being the planner of things. And mm-hmm. it's like, this is just something you could not prepare for. It's like your whole body just shatters and your mind and your mental and everything just goes. And then when you, I know you would mention that to me before when you would say like you would get PTSD from mm-hmm. like people mm-hmm. calling you. And I didn't understand that until I experienced the loss myself. Cause like, mm. uh, I, I kind of, I guess maybe I just didn't, I'm, I learned what anxiety really is because I I just thought anxiety was just something that people got like panic attacks and stuff. But if you're sitting there worrying about an issue like in the back of your mind, sure you're not hyperventilating and you don't need, you know, to go to the hospital or anything for it. But if you're constantly worrying about it, like that's anxiety. That's a part of anxiety. And I, I felt that anytime I feel that anytime my mom calls and I even said mm. that to her and I think mm-hmm. she may have, um, She's like, what? Why? But I think I even felt that before she called, but I think I feel it even more now because mm-hmm. of, like you, when so when your dad passed away, someone called you, and that's, like, what you associate, like, calls with from a particular mm-hmm. person or from, uh, during mm-hmm. a particular time. And for me, when I get, when my mom calls, I'm just, I instantly, I'm like, what's wrong? What happened? Like, I'll say that. Or I'll say, you know, hey, lady, assuming that it's nothing big. But my heart instantly starts racing because I'm like, what is going on. I mean, a lot of you, if you were on that live, you know, my mom is an interesting character. So you can, there's always something interesting going on in her life, whether there is something good or bad. And her famous line is, girl, I got too much going on. And then I have to respond with, girl, you always got something going on. So, <laughs> so which, which is not untrue. She always has something going on. But uh, when I got that call that my brother was in the, in like critical condition critical condition and in the hospital and stuff like like everything just kind of started spinning mm-hmm. and as SJB said you know like I worked in funeral service for a few years I went to a mortuary school and got my degree in mortuary science so I mean not that I was incredibly prepared for death but people would have thought that I've attended more than like 30 funerals for other people so never mm-hmm. really having to be on the other side of the podium is what I would say. It's kind of weird. Like, you know, when you go up and say your final words for that person that's passed, I've, I've seen a lot of people do it, but to mm-hmm. have to experience yourself, experience it yourself, it's just, mm-hmm. it's a whole different world. And they teach you about the grief process and the grief process is just, it's so real. And mm-hmm. then the, the crazy yeah. part about it is that you go, you go in it, you go through it in so many different orders. And it's not even like, okay, you're at this step now. You're at this step now. You're at this yes. step. You could be at acceptance first, but then you mm-hmm. can go right back down to anger and and and, and bargaining and all these mm-hmm. and all these different processes of it. And I don't know if you remember SJB, but I was like, man, grief is my favorite emotion. And that sounds mm-hmm. that sounds shitty when you say that because mm-hmm. I don't want people to hurt. But I just I think it's interesting what it brings out of people oh, because you wow. experience every. Because you experience everything at once, mm-hmm. and I'm jumping because I'm not I'm like circling around because I'm not actually talking about myself mm-hmm. because this topic I like definitely was considering pushing it off because 
I didn't know how ready I was or am to talk about my brother passing away. You know, he is 25 years old, and, you know, he passed away in January, so he's really young and just unexpected, and he has a child and a mother, grandmother, cousins. He has siblings that love him, and I've understood him completely and approved of everything that he was doing, but he was loved, and he meant something to us. And it's just, it's, it's, it's unreal. I think that's the thing that a lot of people who experience loss say, you know, they're like, man, Mm -hmm. it's not real. It just feels like, it feels like a nightmare. Like you just think you're going to wake up Mm. and, and and you never do, you know, or you are awake and you just can't quite accept it. And it was just, it's just weird because, um, like Ooh, hope I don't start crying, y'all, but it's weird because when you're going through life, and I live in Ohio, so the rest of my family lives back in D.C., and while mm-hmm. I was going through the motions like you, SJB, like, I wasn't angry when I came back home. I was angry while I was in D.C. and mm-hmm. around my family. I was angry mm-hmm. with everything and everybody, And I, but it, it was weird because I think if some people were interacting with me, they probably would have thought it was like I wasn't uh bothered by it because i just had this exterior like okay this stuff has to get done my mom can't deal with it doesn't want to deal with it so you know let me step up and deal with it my grandma's here to help and now these other people are here to help and stuff like that and it just like if you you saw me (laughs) at the funeral i was i was all over the place not like all over the place but i was getting up i was smiling i was laughing at things Mm -hmm. and i just and it, it was kind of looking back on it it was like man that was really weird and I felt like I was like floating like oh, like I was on a cloud oh. or something not like on a cloud of high or anything but I just felt like I wasn't in that moment like even when I when we like because we we got to see him before which was great and I think I got some things out but then when it came time for the funeral I thought I was just going to completely collapse walking yeah. out with everybody but I, I think I spent like two seconds at the casket and walked away like I didn't even and if, if anything, I was like watching him, and then mm. I got to. I didn't even. And I guess because I, maybe it helped because I got to dress my brother. Like I made that request. Oh, like I wanted yeah. to actually like embalm him and do everything, but mm-hmm. I don't know what happened with that situation. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I got to like dress him and everything, and I thought I was gonna break down with that, and I didn't. It's like some like some switch went off in me and was like, nope, we gotta get this done. Like you don't have to cry. You don't have to feel sad. Like he looks mm-hmm. good or whatever. Hopefully you guys are keeping that with me because I feel like I'm bouncing around from thing to thing. And I think that's, okay, I was like, I think that's a part of the grief process or experiencing somebody's loss. Like your thoughts are just racing and you can't quite keep up with them. But, um, yeah, it's like um, when I got, I'm jumping to another thing though. It's like after he passed away, I was like trying to figure out if I really dealt with it or if I just kind of rushed through it because mm. I felt like there wasn't enough room for me to grieve or there wasn't um, like my grief wasn't as important because of course you have my mom here emotional wreck and she's still dealing with it. I mean, it's only been, what is it? January, February, March, April, it's only been three months. So mm. she's still dealing with it day in and day out. And then you mm-hmm. have like other people that, you know, that are grieving. So it's like, yes. do you even have any room for your grief? So, mm. um, that is so powerful. I know it's, I know it's, you said that. That's, it's, that's such a real thing. Like it's not, I don't think a lot of, I mean, uh, people who have experienced grief or death in their lives, I'm sure that they have witnessed that. But I, I would have never in a million years thought 
that you, sometimes you would have to sacrifice your own feelings and your own being just because everyone around you is so shattered. And if you shattered, mm-hmm. then they're going to be even more shattered and, and crumbled into even smaller pieces if you don't look like you have it together. Like somebody in that moment mm-hmm. needs to look like they have it together so to give somebody some hope, like a domino effect. You know, once one person yeah. seems like they have it together, then that can kind of spiritually give someone else the strength they need to overcome and see that it's possible, even if they are, that person is faking it, you know, fake it to make it. But, um, yeah. yeah, that's so interesting. That that was definitely true to my story, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just really weird, the whole thing, because, like, I don't know, I'm trying to get together what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. but I guess I was, like, having trouble trying to figure out, like, I don't know, it's not that if my grief was valid, but I guess if it was, like, of importance, how to respond with death. Like, it's just, it's something you're just not, they say, like, how they say you're not prepared for, like, parenthood and whatever. Mm-hmm. You're really not prepared for death because we we all know we're going to die at some point. But it's like yeah. when it comes, when it finally comes, it's like, no, I wasn't ready. Like, there wasn't enough time. Yeah. And it's just you really don't know when it's going to occur. Like, if someone would have told me that 2020, your brother's going to die, like, I would, I probably would, I would have tried to keep 2019 as long as I could have just yeah. to have him be here a little longer, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and I find myself still in these moments where, like, I'm going through life, and I'm like, oh, man, everything's fine. It's kind of like when you, okay, I'm going to relate it to something. It's like when you're, when you wake up, and you know you have this hectic schedule of things you got to do, so you're constantly worrying about it, thinking about it, and then you have this split moment, this split second of peace where you forget everything that has, ha- like, everything you have to do, and then something else clicks in your brain where you're like, all right, I, I'm too happy right now. I feel like I'm supposed to be sad or reminded or I'm supposed to be worried about something. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back. And yeah. you remember everything that you ha- were worrying about and have to deal with. So that's kind of how I feel going day to day with my brother's death. Like, yeah, I'm able to go out with my friends and hang out and socialize and laugh but then if I'm, like, sitting somewhere or even if I'm with somebody, like, it's like, oh, damn, like, your brother's, like, gone, you know. Like, he mm-hmm. can't see him anymore. So, Gee. weird. Anyway, I <laughs> know. I feel like a, a lot of people may experience that when they experience loss. I mean, what about that one for you when your dad passed? Um. Yes, uh, that just happened recently. Yes, yes, it just happened recently. It happened on my, ex- on my on my birthday, actually, because I woke up and I was like, okay, cool, you know, I have all this stuff to do, which literally is what you just said. Um, I have all these things to do. I have to plan this, to get this done, photo shoots, to do. And I found myself, like, subconsciously waiting for, like, specific people to call me. So I was like, okay, uh, mom, check. Uh, Miss Popper, check. Uh, Grandma, check. And Pam, check. And I was like, okay, he has not called me yet. So I'm like, but that, it was a split second thought. Because I was like, wait, no, that's not, it wouldn't, no. You know, like, I don't know, for that split second, my my mind or my body didn't think that, oh, he is no longer on this playing field. So I was really mm-hmm. sitting there, like, for a split second thinking, oh, he's supposed to be calling me, he didn't call me yet. Like, I was getting ready to call Chantel, which is his partner. And then I had to really think about it once I, like, put more thought to it. Because there was so much happening around me, I wasn't able to put thought to it. But then when I finally, like, sat my ass down, I was like, oh, shit, like, this is not, <laughs> like, his whole shirt is sitting here in my um, in my room in this little chair. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is not happening. So when, when that happened, I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely, um, it, it 
I don't want to say it rewoke something up in my spirit, but it was like, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's still to this day, I still cannot believe that he is gone. Like, that shit still, like, it baffles me. Like, it's just so weird. Like, I, I don't know. It just seems like, yes, like, you have, your like, your quarrels and stuff with people in relationships and stuff like that, but it's just like, ah, a parent is just not something, somebody you would, you, you expect your parents to be there forever. Whether y'all get along or not, whether y'all do this or that or not, you're like, you expect them to be there forever. And you, you expect to be arguing and fight with them forever about any little thing, you know, because they're your parent and they're supposed to handle it, you know. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I really thought about my 25th birthday, I'm like, damn. Like, I just start reflecting. Like, I wonder how he, like, how, like, him looking at me now, I'm just like, okay, I wonder how he feels about me, like, turning 25. Like, he probably would be like, man, you're getting, you're getting up there, ain't you? Like, I can, I, can, I can literally verbally hear what he would be saying to me on the 25th birthday, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely had that moment on my birthday, and I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it really hit me when I talked to Chantel again on my live. And I, I, I was, I didn't want to go all the way into it because I know that she can get, um, she can get very emotional, and so I was like, I just kind of glazed over it. But it, it was, it was, I really wanted to go into how weird it was not hear, hearing mm-hmm. from him, you know, because if he, say, if this quarantine was happening and he was still here, he would have been on that live with her, you know what I'm saying? Because she would have been like, Tori, come get on this live, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, because he's camera shy, he don't do all that. But like, yeah. I don't know. That's definitely the moment I had um, recently with that. I'm just like, oh, it's so real. It's it's interesting just to know that all of the things that we, even though we experienced death at uh, two different times, you in 2020, me in 2019, um, we it's, it's clear to see that we share some of the same like commonalities in like the grief process, whether they be reversed or flipped or this and that. Because for a long time, no shade to people that are like um, like have these like disorders or like a bipolar and stuff like that, I honestly was like, okay, this is weird because these emotions are all over the place. And then one minute I'm very happy. And the next minute I'm just very freaking bad. And when it comes out everybody in, in the family for no unknown reason, and then one minute I'm sad. So I was like, oh my God, I need to get out of this pattern. I, I felt crazy a lot of the time, especially when I was going to sleep and stuff. I couldn't sleep for the longest, I think, when it first happened. But like, Mm-hmm. Like that's just it's it's kind of funny just to see how much we relate in those grieving processes. I was like sometimes I'd be like I'm probably the only one that feel this, but then as I talk to more people that have experienced death, I have a close friend that experienced death this year uh, or last year, excuse me, um, and this year, mm-hmm. and you know I was like damn, it's it's we we all I, 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 there needs to be some type of not a support group, but I thought of some type of like uh, you know how they create shows and they just relate to us so much. It's like insecure. And there's like things that really happen when you're dating, you're out in the world. This is this is deflecting a little bit, but just to make a point, I was like, dang, there should be some type of show involving grief, because like people, it seems that everybody has this weird interaction with grief or this weird introduction to grief, you know. And it, it and it could be it could be a drama field, it could be like a, a comedy field, it could be any of that. But it's just like it seems like we all have that same those same commonalities, and it'd just be interesting to see them portrayed and us see the things that we go through so pe- people can know that they're not alone because there's a lot of people in the world that mm-hmm. go through gr- grief and they don't meet people that other people that are going through grief and they don't know how these, mm-hmm. if these things are normal or this that and the third you know like just opening up the conversation it doesn't have to look like a visual medium as a, a tv show or a movie but like just a visual medium to uh, like for people to understand that grieving is, is very unpredictable <laughs> your emotions are unpredictable they're all over the place you know and mm-hmm. um yeah I mean, you're the writer, so you can you can get that started for sure. Yeah. But loss in general is just one of those things mm-hmm. we all have in common, and it makes yeah. you realize how how we're more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, I just, I don't know, I guess what, uh, just shift, not even shifting shifting Mm -hmm. gears, but just some things I noticed, um, I don't know if this necessarily happened to me, but I think maybe it happened with other people. Uh, when someone is experiencing a loss or going through it, you always have those people that come up and they're like, man, I know how you feel, sir, Mm -hmm. ma'am, (laughs) nonconformer. You don't know how that person feels, okay? You, I'm sure, like, I, and I was, I think I talked to some people that lost their, when they're alive, and they're like, I know how you feel. And it's like, you don't know how I feel because you don't, you didn't know him. You didn't know our backstory and, and our upbringing and what he endured. And just like, I don't know your experience and your loss. Like, I could never imagine how you feel. I mean, like I said, we all have mm-hmm. grief in common and mm-hmm. we experience it differently. So mm-hmm. it may be similar, like how you and I were sharing, and we're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like I, I, I feel a similar way to you, but it's never going to mm-hmm. be the exact emotion that exactly. you feel. Mm-hmm. Like that emotion is going to be completely unique to you. So I'm saying all that to say, like, if you know someone that's that's currently um, kind of trying to deal with a, lo- a loss, just don't, in the midst of you trying to empathize or sympathize, don't say that you know how they feel because mm-hmm. in reality you don't. And there are a lot of people that may that already understand this, but I feel like mm-hmm. I've seen so many weird horror stories. Like this one, this uh, woman, her parents passed away, and then this this guest that was attending literally came up to her and said, um, "Do you feel like an orphan now?" Like, oh my goodness, what? I know, right? I mean, not to like try to make a joke out of everything. I was like, I was literally running around the funeral home asking people, did y'all hear what this woman said? Like, I was like, why would you think that's okay to come up to this this grieving person? Mm-hmm. She just lost, she lost both of her parents at the mm-hmm. same time. I think they died like a week apart or something. And mm-hmm. she's like, do you feel like an orphan now? And that's how I felt when my parents passed. But these, your parents have uh-huh. been gone for a while. Like, <laughs> right. chill. Chill. Uh-huh. It's not about you. And that's another thing I'm going to say. That's like when someone, Pat, like if someone is experiencing that loss, like let it be about them and the person that they lost. Okay, do it, especially if you consider yourself like close to them or you want to be there for them. Be there. Don't be there and sitting there talking about people that you lost because we're not talking about that. I don't think I'm not uh, pushing aside your loss, but like this isn't the time to bring it up. You know, I don't need you to all lives matter this situation. Like, just let me have this moment because right right now, like, you, you've already experienced your loss and you're trying to still create your normal life, mm-hmm. your new normal, as, I, as mm-hmm. uh, I've heard people say. And I'm just – I'm new to this, okay? Like, ease me in because I don't know what my new normal is going to be like without yeah. this person that I lost. Like, I don't mm-hmm. – I'm new to it. So eventually I'll get where you are, but you got to take baby steps with me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Okay. I know it just. I know it's like loss is so it's so difficult. I'm gonna ask you, damn it! That's what happens when you try to say so many things at once. Did you? Oh, uh, I can't remember what it was. Shoot, I lost it. It's gone. It was something about asking you if you felt something with something. That doesn't help anybody. <laughs> okay. No, I was like, okay. <laughs> yes, I felt something somewhere, somehow. <laughs> it was something. Did you feel something? It was something about that. I can't remember. Oh, why did I, okay. Anyways, it'll come back, hopefully. Not, it's gone forever. Yeah. But, yeah. That's definitely There's interesting. A... All that you have said um, this far. I, I totally agree when it comes to, um, if it comes back, that question, just jumping in. 
Um, okay. As far as um, I definitely, uh, I, I think I hit it well, but um, I'm going to name it funeral etiquette <laughs> because yes. sometimes people don't know their place or they do know their place and they still choose to overstep their boundaries. And, and honestly, times like that, well, in my experience, um, with the immediate family and stuff like that, you know, I understand people are emotional. They do things sometimes that are uh, unpredictable as far as the, like, they're, the yelling and crying, however they express themselves while they're grieving. But then you have these random people who I, to this day, I blocked this person off Facebook because I just thought he was extremely disrespectful. Um, mm-hmm. At my father's funeral, he was a, they were old friends, first of all. Y'all were old friends, child. I ain't never heard of you ever in life. So you just came out the woodwork and he died. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I know all my father's friends, but I ain't like, I at least see you on Facebook or you interacting with him, like all of that. But it's just funny how mm-hmm. when somebody died, they all of a sudden know everything about them. And they go back since then, and they were supposed to go on the trip with them here. But I probably don't even like going on trips, so you're lying. But anyways, so <laughs> at the funeral, he decided that he was going to, after we had, everyone had said what they had to say, I did my little speech and the fam and the brothers and this and that. And he got up there and made his little speech like he was on the program. First of all, you didn't ask Pam. You didn't ask me. You, like, you literally did that in front of the whole entire church. We're going to tell you to sit down in front of everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you took advantage of the opportunity because you were already standing up there, around there, somewhere. And I'm just like, that just, that just, no, that is not a part of funeral etiquette. Like, if that's something you actually wanted to do, then you would have came on time to the funeral and spoke to who you needed to speak with and see if it was possible mm-hmm. that you can say a few words. You know what I'm saying? And so this day, and then he, mm-hmm. it just, it, 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 trailed from there and spir- down with spiral because later on that day he got super drunk and they had found him parking in the middle of the woods somewhere drunk and they brought him back. You know what I'm saying? So some people are just very unstable and stuff like that. Like that, that has nothing to do with me or the situation with the funeral, but I'm just like, child, know your role and know how to come to someone's funeral and support that family and not make it about you or make yourself the main attraction there when it's about somebody else. I just, and honestly, yes, I agree with what you said earlier. It was so irritating for people to say, oh, I understand how you feel about this and that. I'm just like, one ear, not the other. Because I'm like, child, are you sitting here doing all this and stress of how this is going to get paid for, how this is going to get chosen? Like, uh, no, you, no. So let's just go ahead. You know, I never, I never reacted to it, but inside it irritates the heck out of me. So um, no. it's just, yeah, it, it, it definitely was a process. No, I'm definitely going to ask that because I think funeral etiquette, I mean, it's a real thing, though, but usually mm-hmm. they're talking about, like, clothes and stuff and <laughs> what you're saying, yeah. what I say. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I definitely think that should be at the top of the list. First rule of funeral etiquette, do not make the funeral about yourself. It yeah. is not about you. Life. It's not for the time for you oh. to come and show up. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Know your place. Like, don't – it's just you said it best. I ain't going to even try to – say anything extra but just know your place when it comes to a funeral and when someone's grieving and going through loss be the thing is yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead no go ahead because i feel like it's gonna be something good oh i i just it was like an appreciation moment because i know like we're talking about funeral etiquette and um a lot of people that are around me were doing a lot and being extra and saying oh yeah well you know he loves you and isn't that telling me all this stuff i honestly did not want to hear i already knew i was like i know um, but like you and maybe one or two other people that were just there, just like your presence being there, like that supportive spirit being there, not doing too much, like just there and just letting me go through what I'm going through. And if, if it seemed like I was going to break, I'm sure you'll be there picking me up, you know? So I think it was just like appreciation mm-hmm. comment to you and um, other people that I'm probably not naming. But anyways, yeah, because you definitely were a big, big vital force. You didn't have to come down there, first of all. 
and then you were there 100% and not even overstepping because there was other family that came and they were doing a lot, like taking pictures and doing this and that and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm just like, okay, this is so effed up right now, but I'm going to just keep going through it because this is happening right here. I can't just break in the middle of all of this. So I really appreciate you mm-hmm. for being there, truthfully. And then my mother and grandma, they definitely came too and they were there. But um, I just wanted to highlight that because we are the ones having the conversation. But, yeah. yeah, I want to highlight you as well, because I know I wasn't, I mean, not that it was a blur, because I feel like I remember a lot, but, like, you mm-hmm. were there, and you weren't, like, in my face, and, like, mm-hmm. pushing things down my throat and telling me what mm-hmm. to do about things. I felt like that was, like, I was. I felt like I was going insane throughout that mm-hmm. whole process, because you got mm-hmm. emotions here, emotions there, people want this, people want that, and I just feel like you definitely kept me balanced. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, like just any, like I said, we didn't even talk much, but just having that presence mm-hmm. there, it meant yeah. a lot. So I was, I yeah. was grateful for you being there. Cause it's like, I, it's like you see everybody else, like the room is on fire, but then you see that exit that you can just get out <laughs> and not be in it. And <laughs> yeah. I just felt like you were that exit in a lot of, a lot of different ways. So yeah, You're that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for that. And, but yeah, so people try not to make it about yourself, like mm-hmm. allow those people to grieve. Uh, what's another thing? There's there's so many. Oh, when you give your funeral speeches, people, please, like, this ain't the time for you to go in or go off, even though I actually live for those kinds <laughs> of speeches because it makes funerals very interesting. But just because I live for them, not everybody else lives for those speeches. Yeah. So you need mm-hmm. to wait or pull them to the side, or you should have said that while they was alive, okay? I worked 10 years to come here to be like, oh, this, that, and the other, like, it's, it's not the time. You had you had your moment when they were alive. Sit down. And then the next thing, if they give you a time limit, you need to stick to that time limit. Because my mom was, she, I swear, if looks could kill, I would have been in that casket with my brother. She didn't look at me. Talking about you, hey, tell him to wrap it up. Girl, what I look like, the Apollo man with the broom? I can't. Like, I can't do anything. <laughs> she she looked at me so hard, and I would tell him, she even did the finger, like, twirl it, wrap it up. Like, like what am I going to do? I'm sitting here in the same row you sit in, and you tell him, wrap it up. <laughs> right. You're already doing the signals. You're going to wrap it up. Right. Exactly. So, thanks to the limit. And also, do not force yourself on the program. That was the most annoying thing to me because, like, Ugh. they would come over and be like, I'm going to get on, I'm going to do this. Girl, this is not the Apollo. Sit down. I don't have time to try to show off your <laughs> like, I don't have t- Right. We, I don't have time to show off your skills. I want, I want this to be about my, my brother or whoever passed away. I'm going to say my brother because it's mm-hmm. my brother. Mm-hmm. I want it to be about yeah. my brother, and that's it. Like, I don't want it to be about me. I don't want it to be about anything else. I want it to be about him because this is the last thing. I mean, he ain't going to see it, but it's the last thing we're going to see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. that brings me to my next topic, which kind of relates to my first topic. But keep it about the person, along with keeping it about the fam, the closest family members. But make sure you remember who it's for, even though there is a saying in the funeral, funeral industry is that funerals are not for the dead. They're for the living. So mm-hmm. that's why you cater to the living. But please don't lose the loss of the person in translation. So when yeah. you get there, like make sure your your message and your songs and your and whatever else you have going on your programs they match that person. Like it should feel like a touch of them is somehow there with you, and and it's not just their body that's reflecting mm-hmm. the funeral. Like just make make sure you make it about them. And I felt I think that was a part of my frustration and my anger throughout the planning and like. Mm-hmm 
passing of my brother, it's like I felt like people were forgetting that it was about him. It's so testy about the smallest details. And I guess it's because it's like their last final thing that they can do. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. realize that that could be causing more harm than good to the people around you. I just wanted a serene, stress-free planning process because your emotions are already enough. Mm-hmm. Just try to and make that it be as the last as thing that should be like a thing is the planning process. Like that should just be, let's do this, A, B, and onward, and that's that. But child, some people okay. mix it up and mess it up and add their two cents in, and that makes everything else unfold. And then it gets more drawn out and more dramatic than it needs to be. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? You want to plan it? Like, that's like, how I felt at some point. But, yeah, um, yeah, it was like a divorce, like a divorce Honestly. thing. Like, I was like, dang, like, I, this ain't never going in. Like, I really yeah. just wanted the process to be, like, over so I could really just sit and deal with my emotions. I just felt like there was too many things coming at once. And, yeah. That was that. What's another thing? I feel like there's so many other things. Oh, thank you to everybody. If you're listening, I don't know if they probably aren't all listening, but, like, the people that brought the food. I never thought I'd get tired of free food, but I'm definitely (laughs) grateful that we had it because I never understood that about, like, when people would say, man, I need people to stop bringing me food because I was always on the other end. When I was the one eating the food, I was like, are you mad? It's free. Okay. But I understand because you run out of room. Uh Right. But, no, you run out of room. You don't know where the food at. Like, maybe ask the family what they need. Yeah. So that way you're not just constantly bringing them things that they don't need. Because a lot of the food, they probably, like some of the, like I know my mom, she didn't really have an appetite a lot of the time. So Mm -hmm. she wasn't necessarily eating the food. You was feeding a bunch of other people that probably didn't, not that they they mattered, but you know what I'm saying? You were feeding a bunch of other people. (laughs) You were feeding the room. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I, but don't, that doesn't mean stop bringing food. Bring food, but just be kind of a, what's the word? Be aware. Yeah. Or something. I don't yeah. know. I can't wait. And, and then this is what I, I commend. We did not have a ton of flowers at my brother's funeral. And I was so grateful for that because I mm-hmm. didn't want to do it. And my mom wasn't in the emotional state to deal with it. So right. I'm glad that we did not have a lot of flowers. Consider that also when you're going to funerals. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, been to a lot of funerals and having to pick all those flowers up and take them somewhere. And then a lot mm-hmm. of y'all don't even come back and pick them up. Like, Love. Y'all leave the family who's grieving to come and get them, right? Mm-hmm. The family to come and get them. So think about that too. I feel like there's a whole list of things that I want to add to this. this list, I wanted to just keep building on this list because funerals bring out the worst in people sometimes. Yeah. Like, Honestly, I, I, I agree. I think it would be like a child, uh, two, three, four, five episodes because I could, if I could just go up and list and name all the. the mess that went on throughout that process i would be going mm-hmm. crazy i need to write a book because that <laughs> and name if you're real etiquette but you know but with a twist because i'm not actually speaking of the proper right. uh, I, think, I think there's but, a book i think there's a book yeah out there. yeah dog stop so that's that's definitely Barney says hi guys he's agreeing <laughs> to all you funeral ruiner, ruiners out there it's like no i'm just playing Um, i'm just playing Uh, we digress though back to it it. yeah it's very interesting um well i think uh, there is uh, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow or there's some type of hope to hope for because the fact that uh you and i are able to have a conversation touching on the losses that we have experienced 
Um, I think that is a like a, a guiding light for people who are probably going through this or just went through this or are still going through this. Like, just know we are still mm-hmm. going through these things, too, and these ups and downs of grief. Like, it doesn't just go away. Uh, I don't want to paint that picture. But there is some type of hope that you'll get to a point where you're able to be at least be in a place to start understanding and, and, and um, <clears throat> I guess, coping in a way with what is going on and, and whether – I have my good days and bad days still – um, to this day, so mm-hmm. I, you know that's just that's just I guess human tendency. I don't know, but um, for those of you who are listening, it's it's a it's a it's a roller coaster. But I think that um, you eventually get to a point where you're able to be like uh, Ms. Proper and I, and have a con- at least a conversation about it, even if you're not there mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever. Um, yeah, I think it's very interesting. Um, I agree. With all that said, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, regard. I mean regardless of the type of loss, whether it's a child, mm-hmm. a parent, mm-hmm. a sibling, a grandparent, whatever have you, uh, the fact is it's like eventually you will get, like SJBC, you'll get to, I, I keep calling it a new normal, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of a maybe a light way to phrase it, but mm-hmm. you will get to a point where it'll seem somewhat normal. It'll still be strange because yeah. it's a whole other chapter. It's a new chapter of your life not being with that individual but I don't even want to say it gets better because it's kind of a weird thing to say but in a sense I guess that's what I'm trying to say like you'll find your footing you'll find you'll find your rhythm your way of doing things take all the time that you need I know some Mm -hmm. people may try to rush you out of that or think oh because it's been a year oh it's been three months whatever have you they think that you should be over it take all the time that you need and work through that process for your own for your own mental state I mean some people they come out of that and some people don't, but I'm hoping that if you're listening that you are that you will come out of it and that you will continue with your life because sad enough, I mean, death is gonna happen, it's gonna come on our doorstep, it's gonna come in our house, it's gonna come in mm-hmm. our lives and we cannot we can't avoid it. And and that sucks because it's like you wanna yeah. have control of every little thing. But the fact yeah. is you can't and you can't just you can't just fall by you can fall by the wayside for a moment. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you gotta get out that sewer and just figure out the next steps forward. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Well, I think I think wow. We've spoken about a lot. Like I said, we probably could go on and on about things to do and not do mm-hmm. uh, throughout funeral process and throughout grieving process and about this and that. But I truly want to. Um, I definitely want to. I don't think we've ever done this ever before on an episode, but I truthfully want to dedicate this episode to uh, not only my father, but uh, my cousin and your brother, Jamon. Um, yeah, because I think it's just a really important conversation for us to have. I think it, in the long run, you and I, as we are living our personal day to day lives with ourselves, I think we're going to think back to the conversation and how we kind of talk through it. Um, and because and, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I know that you were. Um, a little maybe uneasy and, and worried if you were even ready to have this type of conversation, but I think you did extremely well today. Um, granted everything that has happened and granted how fresh it still is. Um, yeah, so I'm extremely proud of you for having this conversation. I know it's not easy um, for sure, but um, that's that's my only final notes for everything. Ms. Um, Proper, you could take it away or have yeah, you like no. do it. I thought I was going to crack and cry a few times, but I managed to keep it under wraps, so I'm glad about that. And then also, I don't want to avoid mm-hmm. this. I know we didn't touch yes. on it, but, like, yeah. I think it was a week before my brother passed away, we did mm. have our great uncle, Uncle Boo, who did pass away, mm. and I felt like that. Yes. 
and I, I I know it was like it was like a death back to back, and I felt like we didn't quite get to mention that or even mm-hmm. think about it. And I know mm-hmm. we probably don't have very many memories of Uncle Boo except him being in his suits and smiling mm-hmm. a lot and having a Bible <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh-huh. that's what I can remember. But the fact is, is that he still passed away and he meant the world to our family. And yes. it just, it happened, it happened so fast. It's like you had one passing, then you had another one, and it's like, jeez, it just didn't slow yeah. down. Oh, what, oh what the, I remember my question now. It's not mm-hmm. too late to ask it. I'm asking it. When your dad passed away, did you feel like, like, you notice so many people passing away around you. I think I've asked you this before, but mm-hmm. did you notice um, like death I, more? Yeah, I I think uh, subconsciously I started to uh, I guess notice it more because someone had just died. So I think when when mm-hmm. because I'm going through it, it's easy for me to identify like it going around. Because now I'm looking for it because now I just feel like okay, he so he's gone. Now some somebody else about to go. But um, I think it made me yeah a little more keen to it being around me. Um, I don't know if I actually like witnessed more and more deaths happen, but I think I'm, I was just, my mentor was just like looking for de- deaths to happen rather than me hearing about them or them happening and me like, damn, somebody like people are just dying, 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 dying. You know, um, that was my experience hmm. with that. What about you? Okay. I say that was not quite the response I was, I was expecting because mm. I feel like, because I'm not looking for death by any means, but mm. I feel like mm-hmm. every time I would turn my phone on, it was like, this person died, somebody died, somebody died. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. like, 2020 is the year of death. I'm just going to say mm-hmm. that right here, right now, and especially with all the people dying of the COVID-19. It's just yeah. like, I feel like there's, I'm not looking for it, but maybe I'm just noticing it more. So I was, I didn't yeah. know if that was just something that people Well, correction. Like, I'm not, not to say that I'm saying, like, you were looking for it or that I was particularly looking for it, but it's just like, because it happened, I was like much more, I'm not, I don't even know what the right word or words are for that, but like, it was just like, it was, because it was already on my mind, it was easy for me to like seek it out or see it happening. Like when it, when it would happen, like, cause my, yeah, it's more noticeable just because it's happening to me right now. So as soon as somebody says about death, my ears perk up and I'm like, oh shoot, like there it is. Um, So I guess that's, clarity for that but yeah no fair enough i mean oh if it's okay with you i'd like to have maybe a few seconds of silence for people that have lost somebody your loss our loss Mm -hmm. let's do it all right all right that's good any longer you guys would think we just cut out (laughs) so yeah thank you for doing the moment of silence with us Yes, and like we said, we we thank you all for listening, and those of you that are probably going through this offensive situation, I hope that you have got something out of this. Um, I know I definitely did, um, just having this conversation, and I enjoy having conversations like this because it, it kind of helps you continue to process and get to a place where you want to be and to reach your new normal, as Ms. Proper said. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, do you have any final words, Ms. Proper? I think I'm I'm pooped. Just get through your grief in your own time, and figure out a way that works for you regardless of what others are telling you. Mm, well so, said. Well, you guys, <laughs> we are the odd ones out. <laughs>